You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 399. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 399. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? Without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello, lovelies. Amy here. I am so thrilled to hang out with all of y'all today. And this week's topic is going to be so far out of left field, but I hope you hang in there with me. Today we're going to be exploring a topic that I'm actually certified in, and it's in the field of handwriting analysis. Now, I know that sounds like, what? What are you even talking about? Is that like... If somebody forged a document, and yes, it can absolutely be that, but the way that we write actually says a lot about who we are, how we're feeling, the struggles we may be up against, our current mindset, if we are extroverted or introverted, if we need space from other people or not, if we tend to share secrets or if we keep our mouths closed. If we have confidence, if we have esteem, there's all sorts of different things that we can deduce just by looking at somebody's handwriting sample. So when I went to hypnotherapy school, many of you know that I am a certified hypnotherapist, we had this amazing fortune to dig into a a bevy of different modalities, one of them being handwriting analysis, and I fell in love with it. And then the school would offer advanced certifications in these various modalities so that you could dig deeper, which is exactly what I did with emotional freedom technique, NLP, or neuro-linguistic programming, and also handwriting analysis. Now, even amongst my colleagues who are life coaches or even some of my other hypnotherapy colleagues, they, they don't have quite the fascination with it that I do. They kind of dismissed it in a lot of ways. And For whatever reason, I was smitten with it and very taken with it, but of course I wanted to know and understand the science behind it. I don't want to just be like, okay, let's just dial up the fairies or put, put a bunch of fairy dust in the air and hope that things magically change. But what is so unique about it is it is actually rooted in brain science and how our subconscious works. So before we jump in and get all involved in this, I would love for you to take a handful of minutes and on a blank sheet of paper with no lines on it, I would love for you to write and take up the entire page if possible, but at least a good three-fourths of the page, and write out something that you have been challenged with lately, something that's really been occupying your mind lately, and get that all out on a blank sheet of white paper. Completely up to you what sort of pen you use or pencil, all of that doesn't really matter. But that will be really helpful to 
analyze as I go through and tell you what some of the various characteristics mean. Now, what we will be looking at are the specific characteristics that lend themselves to boundaries. And the reason why that is so useful is when you know what indicates a more confident ability to establish a boundary through handwriting, you can start to change the way that you write in order to send messages to your subconscious mind. So let's talk quickly about how that even works. So there is a scientific understanding of a way in which our body communicates messages from our subconscious mind, and it is called the idiomotor response. Now, we see the idiomotor response in a lot of other modalities. For example, muscle testing. If you've ever gone to a holistic healer or a naturopath and they have you hold your arm out and then they have you hold various supplements perhaps in your hand and then they push down on your arm to see if how you respond to holding that particular supplement, those sorts of concepts are a function of the idiomotor response. It's the subconscious mind communicating through the body, but it's involuntary and not conscious for the body. So when you're doing those muscle testing, you don't feel like you're letting your arm go more, you feel like it's all happening completely on its own. And it is in some senses, but it's being dictated by you, by your subconscious mind. So if you've ever seen anyone hold like a little pendulum or a necklace, and they do it a lot around trying to guess the gender of a pregnant person's baby, And so they'll do it a lot at baby showers and shit like that. So they'll hold the pendant over the the belly. And then you can you'll ask it, show me a boy, you know, and then it does like a specific motion, right? And show me a girl. And then it'll say, okay, show me what we're having. And then it does that motion, either back and forth or in a circle. So if you've ever seen that happen before, that's not magic. It's literally whoever is holding that pendulum or holding that pendant, it is what their subconscious mind is saying. So usually that's indicative of whoever's holding that. So if it's your sister or, you know, your partner, it's what they want the baby's gender to be. Okay, it's also how Ouija boards work. It is involuntary, involuntary on a conscious basis. We don't feel like we're moving it, but our subconscious is. And that is the exact same phenomenon that is happening in our handwriting. We don't consciously think about drawing an O to close the mouth right? We don't have to think about that. O's represent communication. And I'll put some links in the show notes for books you can read about this if you're if you're more fascinated with this, or one, one book in particular, if you want to learn more about it and kind of the science behind it. So if you are, we don't naturally think about that when we are writing, 
we ju- we're thinking consciously about the content that we're putting on the paper. We're not thinking about our loops or if we have large margins or how far apart our words are spaced. But all of those things have been linked to specific traits. So today we're going to talk about all of the traits that are relevant to boundaries. So we've been working on our our boundary series and this will round that out. But what you can do is once you know what indicates strong confidence, strong boundaries, you can start writing deliberately in that fashion to help transfer that to the subconscious mind. Let me tell y'all, when I was first learning this, we had a, a bunch of handwriting samples that we were evaluating. And we would give sort of a diagnosis of like, okay, here's what's happening with this person, et cetera. Well, we find one that we're like, whoa, this is an unstable individual. It had all of the markers of possible mental illness, sociopathy, huge indications of problematic ego. And there's certain things that we look for that as a practitioner, if you see them, you know it's out of your scope, refer out, get it out of here. (laughs) It's not in your scope of practice. And we came across one just like that. Turns out we didn't know who it was before we analyzed it. Turns out after we analyzed it and we were like, oh, refer this one out. It was Charles Manson. And we had a litany of different samples that were like that. We had one that was Marilyn Monroe that showed a really strong ego. We had one that was Michael Jackson that showed a lot of depression, actually. So it's it's really fascinating. And so when we saw the proof of it kind of over and over and over again, we went, okay, okay, I'm bought in. So at the very least, the things that I share with you today can can help you start anchoring in new traits that you want to adopt. It will be so much more beneficial for you if you do the sample before you listen to this because there may be tendencies to write in a different way once you hear what will actually help you with self-esteem or confidence or communication. In handwriting analysis... Traits that are done habitually and constantly indicate an ingrained habit. Under that same logic, then, if we want to start changing traits, we need to start writing in this fashion frequently and over and over and over again. So the first thing that I want to share with you, and this will be really curious, this is probably one of the biggest indications in your handwriting sample that are relevant to boundaries, are the margins. Your margins will showcase either on the left-hand side, indicates the amount of space you have for yourself, and the right margin indicates the space you allow for other people. So if you're noticing when you look at your writing and there is a huge margin on the left-hand side, that means that you take pretty damn care of your damn good care of yourself. You leave a lot of room for yourself. Okay? If there's a huge space on the right, 
that indicates leaving so much more room for other people. The left indicates your past or self. The right indicates the future or other people. So if you have a really large right-hand margin, that's a pretty good indication that you give and give and give to other people. Could be a matter of people-pleasing. Definitely some stuff happening there with fear of of taking care of self, especially if it's paired with virtually no margin on the left-hand side. If there's no margin there, that means you're not leaving much space for yourself. Okay? So our ideal situation is where we would want the left-hand side to be a good, decent amount of space. If you're on an 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper, maybe a good inch on the on the left-hand side, maybe an inch and a half. And then on the right-hand side, a little bit less than that. Right? Like we want to have a good amount of space for both ourselves and other people. Now, if you write all the way pretty flush to both the left and the right side, that means you oftentimes will crowd both yourself and other people. It usually means you take on a shit ton of stuff, but you also request and ask for a lot from other people. So we really want to create something that is a bit more balanced, especially if you want to start establishing boundaries more. You might want to really amplify that left-hand margin, give yourself a lot of space, and then shorten the space that you're giving to people on the right. So you can kind of gauge that depending on how mandatory it is for you to start speaking up for yourself. Another great trait or characteristic of your writing that you want to examine is what we call the baseline slant. So if you imagined that you had lines on your paper, and obviously we don't because you're going to be taking your sample on a blank sheet of paper, but if you could imagine lines like a college-ruled line on those that sheet of paper, would your writing slant upwards as a paragraph? Like, does the whole paragraph kind of slant upwards? If so, that indicates optimism. If it slants downward, it indicates pessimism. So along this same logic, if we want to be optimistic about speaking up and setting boundaries, what we know with what I've shared is you can leave You can write slightly angled up, optimistic about, leaving space for myself, so larger margin on the left-hand side, and a little bit less space on the right-hand side, okay? And it can be really advantageous if you're specifically journaling around when and where and with whom you need to speak up, where you need to establish boundaries. So it could be a great exercise for you to implement some of these changes to your writing while you're journaling, while you're talking about these instances in your life where you need to be vocal about something. Now, if it is all over the place, we call that we call that sinuous, where it's not directly up or directly down, it's more like different kind of waves or not really very consistent. That typically means that there's lots of 
variety to your moods. And it also could mean that you don't really like routine. So you can feel free to write like that. But if we're talking specifically about setting up boundaries, journaling about I want to establish really, you know, more boundaries with my partner or with my mom, then we would want to avoid writing the way you typically do. Another area or trait in your writing that's going to indicate different things in your life are the various places that have spaces. So there's a bunch of indications for a large space in between letters and between lines. But what we really want to focus on primarily around boundaries is the space between words. If you look at your handwriting sample and your words are very close together, that indicates crowding from other people. So with that in mind, when you are writing and if you want to condition this new way of being, start putting more spaces in between your words. That will indicate to the subconscious part of the mind to create more distance with other people. Isn't that wild? So fascinating to me. If if your words are almost directly connected, then that probably means that either you have a difficult time establishing space or sometimes it's extreme extroversion, like you genuinely like being around a lot of people. Typically, the slant of your actual letters and of your writing indicates extroversion or introversion. So if you are slanted, not the whole line, like we were talking about earlier, but just the letters, like you're almost like your letters got either blown to the right or blown to the left. If they get blown to the right, that typically indicates that you're leaning more towards other people. The right indicates others. So you are more extroverted. If your letters looked like somebody blew them a little bit towards the left, then that typically indicates being more of an introvert. And obviously, if they're anywhere in between, it depends on the extreme of the slant will will indicate the extreme of the introversion or extroversion. So If you're kind of straight up, your letters are straight up, but just a little bit to the right, that might be slightly extroverted. Or maybe you're more of an ambivert where you kind of go both ways. So that is the space between the words. Now, the space between your letters also matters as well. If there is wide spacing between each and every letter or a majority of the letters, That indicates being open-minded, taking risks. Hello, how how much risk is involved in a fucking boundary setting, right? With your heart beating like crazy. We'll take on something new. Also indicates being a little more liberal and independent. So if we start focusing on writing with letters that are farther spaced apart than what we normally do, That will help to generate, okay, I can try something new, I can be open-minded, I can take risks, all which are very beneficial when having tough conversations and speaking up for yourself. And then keeping in mind, wide space between the words, keeping a little more distance between you and other people, okay? So there's the letters to have space between and the words to have space between. 
Another thing that's going to be hugely impactful here are our lowercase t. T is in Tom. The lowercase t will indicate both self-esteem and self-confidence. So if we want to create more space for ourselves, we want to take some risks, we want to be optimistic, and we also want to be confident and have a healthy self-esteem while we do it, then we want to have a proper T. Okay, so now this is going to apply only to the lowercase t. Have a look at your lowercase t's in your sample. And it will not matter if it is a cursive T or a printing T. By the way, if you tend towards printing, that symbolizes a need for control and structure, usually a lot more ordered. They really want to control the message that is being relayed versus a more fluid cursive typewriting. I have both. I do. I have two very distinct types of handwriting. And I think a lot of us kind of elder millennials or Gen Xers, you know, we learned cursive, but also printing. So we can kind of vacillate between both of them. Or what's really, really common is to have a hybrid of both of them. Either way, it doesn't really matter. The T stem. So the vertical line, that is going to be representing self-esteem, how you feel about your own worth, your own value. The crossing, the horizontal line, is going to be representative of your confidence. So when you think about the typical lowercase t, if we were learning it back in grammar school, that is essentially the healthiest confidence and self-esteem that we want to embody. So if you can kind of conjure that up in your mind, it can help you start working towards that. Now, there's a ton of different things that you can do with the T's. I mean, I literally have like three pages of T's in my in my manual. So I'm just going to go through a couple of them that you want to watch out for. Basically, for that vertical part, the stem is what we call it, the stem of the T, you want it to be fairly high up, okay? So if your T stem is super low and short, shorter than the rest of your letters, then that indicates a much lower self-esteem, okay? So we want it to be up higher above the other letters typically because Ts are are higher than like an M or an N or an O, right? So we want it to be above that, higher than that, so that we know that we are accessing a healthier self-esteem. Now, the cross, the crossing is going to be indicative of confidence. So if you have it where it's to the right of the T, where it doesn't even really cross at all, it's just sort of an afterthought, that represents in a hurry, getting to the future, and maybe indicating putting more attention toward other people. If it is a check mark in any way, it's you checking yourself. It's checking, am I okay? Is this all right? It's a lot of overthinking typically. If the T crossing is stuck towards the left of the T and it doesn't really even make it across the stem, 
that is, again, it's on the left-hand side. The past self-confidence is stuck in the past. Okay, And if it's on the right, it's I'm focusing more on other people. My confidence is in the future. So we want to make sure that it's a nice even crossing on both ends. Now, one of the other things that you can do with this is make it so that the T crossing is just slightly curved in the shape of a smile. Shocker with this one, it means that you're positive optimistic. Your confidence is a very positive force in your life. So having just the slightest smile shape to the crossing equal on both sides can help be positive and optimistic and supportive around your own confidence. All right, so we have got the margins where we can leave a little more space for ourselves. We've got slanting the entirety of the text upwards to create more of an optimistic feeling or emotion. We're going to leave more space for ourselves by putting distance between our words. And we are going to be trying something new, being more open-minded, taking risks by putting more space between our letters We're going to have a strong lowercase t where the stem reaches up nice and high above the other letters and where you have a nice solid crossing. And if you choose, you can have a little smile shape to indicate a positive sense of self-confidence. The final element that I'm going to talk to you about today are the ovals. The ovals are like a lowercase a, a lowercase o, or a G. It's that top part of the G. It's the O. It's a complete oval. So all of the ovals indicate the mouth. It indicate communication. So if you have those completely closed where there's no opening to how you close up your A, you know how sometimes there's like a little gap there or an O, If it's closed completely, it means closed mouth. Now, that can mean a couple of different things. That can mean not very extroverted. It can also mean excellent keeper of secrets. And it could mean a lack of communication. So what we want to do is we want to start creating a little bit of an opening on the top right-hand side of the O, of the A, of the G, those sorts of letters that have the oval. But what we also want to do is as you start the letter, you want to put a tiny little loop on the top left side. So if we were to write in printing, you know, you just do an O, just like a circle, right? But in cursive, we can do all of these different loops, and and that indicates filters. So I'm not going to get into that too much. But basically, if we start doing ovals in this way, where there's a slight loop on the left-hand side, and it doesn't completely close on the right, that means talkative, right? It's open communication. And it's filtering towards self, meaning it's filtering towards the things that you need to express about self. If it was the other way around, we would be filtering towards other people. 
meaning that we would be making all of the conversation 100% about them. So we don't want either one of these things to be over overly dramatic either or exaggerated. We want just a tiny little loop entering into the letter on the left-hand side and then the tiniest little bit of space not completely connected on the right-hand side. So I am going to stop there because this could get totally mind-numbing if I went on and on and on about this, especially if you don't have it in front of you. That's why I think it'll be really helpful for you to have your own sample and you can start to pick apart some of this stuff. Now, you can get into the weeds with this stuff. It goes very, very deep, and it is wildly fascinating. When I was taking this training that spanned weeks and weeks and weeks, I had to press pause and then write a bunch of notes and then keep going and press pause again and then nonstop. It was just, it's so much information. But I thought, how cool would it be if we could take just a couple of these nuggets that are connected to speaking up for yourself, establishing boundaries, giving yourself a voice, and just slowly start to alter how we write to entertain more of a message to the subconscious mind to encourage those things. So again, quick little recap, larger space on the left-hand side margins. And this could also be really helpful if you are sending a gift card or um, just a regular card to somebody like a parent or a best friend or somebody in the office who you tend to have a difficult time establishing boundaries with, have a little bit more of a larger space on the left-hand side and maybe not as generous of a space on the right-hand side, establishing boundaries with that particular person. More space for you, a little less space for them. Writing the entire paragraph kind of on a slight up-tilt indicates optimism, happiness. Paying attention to the space between words means giving more space between yourself and other people, maybe writing those a little bit farther apart than you normally do, leaving a little bit more space in between your actual letters, making them a little bit wider apart. And that may be a little bit trickier if you are because it means something different in cursive versus uh, if the letters are actually disconnected from one another. So you, when I'm saying space between letters, I'm saying completely disconnected from each other, not looped together at all. Space between letters indicating being more open-minded, willing to take risks, which is obviously involved in a boundary, being willing to try something new, being a little bit more independent, Then if we're looking at our T crossings and our T stem, the stem is going to indicate your self-esteem, having that be above the larger or above the other letters. And then a nice solid crossing right through equal distant on both sides, indicating a strong sense of confidence. And then if you want a little extra, you can make that just a slight smile, indicating positivity of your confidence, happiness in your confidence. And then finally, checking out your O's, your A's, any oval type letters, your G's, looking to have a tiny little loop entering into the letter on the top left-hand side and the smallest little disconnect on the right-hand side, which 
indicates an open amount of communication, but filtering towards self, catering to the things that you need to speak up for, that you need to stand up for. So I know this is a massive departure from what we typically talk about on the show, and I'm hoping that this has been super fun and kind of a different way to look at personal development. I really am a firm believer of tackling things from all different angles, and this can be a very easy tool that you can use to start shifting even your own confidence by having a stronger crossing to your T's on that's equal on both sides. So little things like this, or if you're feeling really down in the dumps, you can just write slightly on a slant to help increase that optimism. Really can be helpful to speak volumes to that subconscious mind. Hoping this has been fun for you. We will be having a really extra special guest next week, a fan favorite who is going to be celebrating our 400th episode. So you don't want to miss that. Thank you, as always, for supporting the show. If you are up for leaving an iTunes review, I would be over the moon. And I will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life.